Welcome to COVID Convos, a series brought to you by Unraveled Podcast. You may be stuck inside, but we're so happy you're here. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. Join the conversation as we hope to unravel this season of COVID-19 with the help of these incredible and inspiring guests and friends. So, Melina, welcome to COVID Convos. Hey, glad to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Melina is calling in from Boone, North Carolina. And a little bit about Melina. She is an artist and entrepreneur, a mother to a baby girl on the way, and two adorable boys, Luca and Brave, and a wife to Jacob, who's also an incredible artist and a co-founder of Common Good Company, um, their storefront and website um, located in Boone, North Carolina. Um, Also, some fun facts. Melina and I went to college together and high school, and I was trying to think of something funny to share, and all I can think of are two stories. One is, I don't even know how we ended up being roommates, first of all, but I just remember both of us showing up to App State, and your mom is like, my family's coming in like with one duffel bag, like, here you go, Bridget, okay, bye, and they like literally left me in two seconds flat. And then Melina's family is like trailing in with the most like artistic things to put up in our dorm, like a chandelier. There was literally a chandelier in our like tiny, tiny dorm and like adorable pillows. Like your mom got us matching pillows and like all this like cute artwork. And so you come from this family of like very artistic people. So it's no surprise to me that you have ended up pursuing those um, dreams um, and doing it so well. Um, But we wanted to bring you on to number one, talk about how you integrate your dreams and your passions, but also you have a very strong work ethic. I remember that from college, working multiple jobs and just like always trying to make it all work. And so we would love to know as moms, like, how do you do it? And we know there's going to be a lot of other moms that want to know the secret of how are you running a business, renovating a home and a mom, um, being a mom to almost three. So it's wild. I love the chandelier story because then it turned into our clothing line halfway through the year. I know uh, it's (laughs) Melina would hang um, her underwear from the the (laughs) chandelier to dry. And I'd like bring someone, yeah, I'd bring someone in and be like, oh, here's my my roommate's underwear. (laughs) Oh man, those are are good days. Um, One thing I forgot to mention was that you guys were both bridesmaids in my wedding, and I couldn't remember is that when you guys met or did you guys meet before that? Yes. Yes. I would talk you guys. Because I felt like I knew Mackenzie without actually knowing her, living through vicariously Bridget. So I would come and, and stalk you guys, seeing your projects in Asheville. And then I came to see you guys in LA. That was that was I remember that. You were very pregnant when you came to LA with yeah, that was Luca. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, that was good times. So cool. Very good times. Yeah. So tell us kind of how do you... Um, so that was kind of like college Melina. And then you met Jacob. You guys got married. Um, you're both very artistic and talented. And I know you've used those skills doing farmer's markets and selling pottery. Um, but then this bigger dream evolved. 
for you guys to open up a shop and have this storefront. Was that always the dream or did that kind of evolve? Yeah, it definitely was always the dream and it evolved. Jacob and I met at art school and he graduated much earlier than I did and quickly um, became a full-time artist in our first year of marriage. In 2013, he quit all his side gigs as landscapers and handymen and he pursued art full-time. And that's when we were broke as a joke. We had a couple hundred dollars in our name, newly married. I had one year of school left. And I was like, okay, you could do this, Jacob. Like, this is definitely your calling. You've, um, you weren't, def- people think as an artist, like, oh, I wish I could draw. Or like, you're born with this skill. I've seen him hone this skill in and be so disciplined by it more and more after school that he's definitely earned this um talent what people say but he just it's his it's his workmanship it's his craft um it's his trade and I always I definitely encouraged him to keep going but I also had this hard time quitting all the side hustles to pursue the real hustle so I worked as a bartender for in a restaurant since I was 14 and literally um, I'll share just a quick little story I was bartending for the last nearly 10 years and this new restaurant hotel is going to open up in Boone and I thought this was going to be my dream job like rooftop bar high-end mixology super creative I would have full reign of just coming up with different things in a collaborative manners with the chefs like this is the dream job and I had this huge gut-wrenching thought in the back of my head uh, you can't do this, Melina. You actually have to quit this now. And I was like, no, this, I, I couldn't tell if it was God or if it was me. Um, we had two kids at the time. So I was bartending at night um, while our kids were young. And this was, what's it, 2020? Mm-hmm. This was 2019. So this was last year. So last year in March, we just finished renovating our small house. And I was uh, at a local brewery getting ready to go to this other job. And it was three months worth of training, and finally we're about to open. And you know when you have that gut feeling, and it gets so big, you're like, man, is this me, or is this God? Like, I need to pray about this. And you get little affirmations, but you're like, no, this isn't him. And finally it got to the point where it was so audible. I heard, I really heard the Lord say, you have no idea what's behind this door if you don't close this other door. And I said, okay, thinking, um, to backtrack a little bit, Jacob and I were doing shows and galleries, and we started markets in our town um, for six years, from 2013 on, and we were just getting tired. We did bring our children along the way, which was crazy, because they'd be newborns, and we would wrap them up in swaddles and have them in little carriers next to our booths, and we didn't have any other options. We have a in town, but um, she had a full-time job, and we just dragged them along with us all across the southeast doing shows but of course with two it got harder and then when one starts walking it does get harder um so we were getting very jaded and we thought man our dream like we really feel called to have this gallery space not just to have our work be represented in it but to represent other artists in the area we had a, a huge um following and a huge archive of people we knew locally that were creating and um, we highlighted them and we interned with college students for about four years, um, which was really cool to see 
our professors say, oh, I have this intern. Would they intern for you? And it had this threshold where we were like, wow, we were the uh, intern. And now we're in this mentor position that only God led us to. Um, and it, it was just really special to see this growth happen slowly. And so we prayed for years that we would have a gallery one day. But we thought, it was 20, I was 27, Jacob was 31. We thought it'd be another 10 years till we could financially afford the gallery, especially to the capacity that we wanted. We wanted it to be retail, fine art, workshops, event space. And we definitely would grow into that. So we just bought a house, super poor, not poor, but you know, money is tied up. And I'm getting this hint to quit my job. I'm like, this is crazy. Why would I feel this way? course I followed that intuition and I called up my boss and I said please forgive me I just don't think I have um can fulfill this role with all my heart right now and I'm, I apologize because I love your mission statement I love what you're doing but I just something's wrong and he was very respective he said I, I trust you and I, I support whatever your next step is so I hang up the phone and an hour later Jacob gets a call from this guy that we barely knew. We we're barely an acquaintance. And he says, hey, um, my name is Ralph. We'll go with Ralph. My name is Ralph. And um, I, I really want to get this building downtown, but I have no idea what to do with it. And I was just wondering if you guys have any business plan. And we're like, oh, my goodness, this is nuts. And that was the domino effect. Everything just. So you didn't pursue it. it. It came to you. After you had closed that door that you talked about. Oh, it was so prophetic. It was like, I closed that door bartending. I put a lot of faith and hope in this idea of making quick, fast cash. I was very easy and good at it, and I loved it. Um, But, you know, when you feel like you have your higher and best calling and whatever we're doing right now, if it's not going towards that, then it's just going to make us, keep us further away from that goal. That was totally working in a restaurant Mackenzie and I talk about that all the time and honestly that's why we wanted to start this podcast I mean I don't know if you can speak to it Mackenzie but with our side dreams sometimes we've done these other things that are taking away from actually what God wants us to do it's called drifting I think like there's a book called outwitting the devil you know it it's so good and I can't stop thinking about that phrase it's like and you just said it, and Bridge and I have talked about it. It's like, stick with the one thing. Stop drifting. Stop taking these things, even if it's making you money, if it's not bringing you ultimately to your dream and calling. That's cool. Yeah. It's such a risk, and it's such a jumping in the deep end with two feet. But um, the best analogy I learned during that season, because it was only last year, maybe like 18 months ago, was that um, – God's not a window. He doesn't look through us, talk to us like a window and say, look, Bridget, like that's your dream. Do you see that? Just go through that window. You see that path right there? That's it. He's, he is a door. He wants us to step out in faith and we can't see what's past that door. That's the whole point of faith is that we take one stone and like, okay, God, I need you to help me to the next stone. Okay. Mm. I'm here and I can't do this on my own. And if we, I had this mentor that said, if your dreams aren't big enough where they don't need God, like, why are you, what are you dreaming about if you could do it all on your own? And I was like, oh, wow. 
<laughs> make that a shirt. <laughs> like that's a mic drop. Okay. So were there any hardships along the way that you can share that like, was there any time during that process that you and Jacob looked at each other and you were like, what the heck are we about to do? I mean, getting the call was obviously a sign for sure. Mm-hmm. But then beyond that, was there anything hard? Cause I think a lot of people, they get these little signs, but then something goes wrong and they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm now I'm rethinking this. Mm-hmm. I I'm too scared. And they like put the brakes on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, there definitely was this moment. Um, so our partner at the time, that building that he was talking about is actually right behind me is beautiful and it's over a hundred year old building, but it wasn't going to work because it, it was going to be a rented building and we were going to have to upfit it. And the rent was going to be six grand. And in our market, like we live in Boone, it's much different than larger cities, but um, overnight, just this past year, between 2018, 2019, the commercial real estate market went from long time generational locals paying less than a grand for rent to all of a sudden everything sells and it's now 5,000 and up. So it was almost like this gentrification of commercial properties went from this affordable mom and pop town to all of a sudden like, Oh, we are in a destination tourist destination. People are coming here. Um, Can that support these new restaurants, these new bars, these new galleries that are opening. Um, So that building behind us didn't work out. And we had this moment where we wrestled. We were like, why did you send us all the way here for it not to work out? And that was about a three-month journey to pursue that building. And we just dreamed hard. We put all our eggs in this basket with this guy. And we told him all of our dream. And he got him excited because he had no clue what he wanted to do with it. Mm -hmm. And he talked to several other business folks in town about ideas. Um, Really a nice guy. So all of a sudden, I remember... I I remember this building we're in right now. Um, uh, two years ago, we would walk past this building, and it was a wedding dress shop for 30 years, three stories high, almost 100 years old, right on King Street. And we would say, God, that is the dream building. It's so beautiful. It's so historical. It's huge. It's unadulterated by um, student complexes or apartments. And it had no parking in front of it. It had a fire hydrant. So when you when you walk past it or drive past it, it's just, boom, this building. And it got to a point where we would start to pray about it. And um, we would walk past it and just say, God, Lord, if it's in your will that this is, your, this is ours one day, like we just claim it. And we would put it out in the atmosphere. And I read a bunch of books especially secular books about really claiming your your future and really speaking it out. And even people that had no faith and they call energy or universe, mm-hmm. whatever, they say you have to speak reality into the existence for it to happen. Mm-hmm. And same thing goes in the negative. If you say, I'm never going to get married, I'm never going to find my dream job, that you're speaking out a, a bad truth into reality. So we would take that practice, which we thought was so cool that people from so many different beliefs believed in this thing that we could basically prophesy our futures. So we would really pray and just try to agree with the Lord that um, if this calling is his will, it will happen. Mm. That happened for about a year. And then the Ralph thing came. We looked at that building. And a year ago, I called the owner and she said, no, we're not trying to sell right now. We're not trying to rent anymore. Um, I'll call you later. A year goes by. So when that failed, where that door kind of shut, we 
I remembered this and I was like, let's call this lady. Like we have no money to buy this place. Um, and we knew it was coming up for, for sale because the last renter was the wedding dress store. And she went out of business in December. And so we're talking, this is now March of 2019, literally exactly a year ago. So we call her and she goes, oh, hi, super Southern lady. So sweet. She says, call my lawyer and give him your highest and best offer by Friday. And it was like Tuesday. We're like, highest and best offer? She didn't put it on a public market. If she did, it would have been gone in a second. So it was a private sale. So we submitted an offer with the then investor. And we wrote a huge letter of intent talking about our dream and how we were a local family how we wanted to bring art back and restore this sense of handmade and localness and just authenticity because we are in a college town. There is a lot of great shops, but um, they've been here for 50 years in their college t-shirt stores. And that's awesome, but there's tons of them or there's tons of just, just a little bit outdated um, shops. And so we, there's definitely a revitalization going on in our King street um, that you do see in places like Charleston, Charlotte, and D.C., and L.A. Um, so we sent her that, and we sent her an offer. They were asking, "Do we, is it okay to talk numbers? To yeah, give you a range? They were asking for 650 And so we offered a little bit more than that. Had no clue what everyone else was offering. We just prayed our hearts out. And then a week later, we get a call from the lawyer that says, uh, yeah, the the owners loved your letter of intent and you guys weren't the highest bidder but they want to give you the building if you can come up with the money in a week it's yours and they're like what so that's when stuff really got real because all of a sudden our our partner investor we wanted to be equal with him we didn't want him to own all of it because it was going to be his little bit of his money and all of our blood sweat and tears and our talents and our um, just database of knowledge and so we started thinking, oh, my goodness, how are we going to come up with half of this amount? It was literally impossible. We just bought a foreclosed house, put all of our eggs in this one basket, just quit my job. And Jacob's a full-time artist. And so it just seemed like the odds were completely against us. And once again, we prayed the same prayer. Lord, if this is your will, you're, you're going to provide the next stone, the next step for us to walk on. So surely enough, we were starting to look for our own investor and Jacob. Um, we had no idea. We were maybe thinking one guy that used to buy his original artwork that lived in Florida. We had no real relationship with him. We made us, it made us nervous. It definitely made us insecure because when you're talking about money, um, there's two mindsets. And Bridget, you and I have talked about this. There's people that are really emotional with money because they don't necessarily have a it just is way more emotionally valuable to them, especially if you're a family, especially if you're working your butt off to try to make a living. And there's also a mindset where money's just this thing that I have a lot of, and it's not an emotional tie-up for me. So if someone came to me and asked me for a ton of money, I wouldn't get offended. I would, you know, that invest, pretty much that investor mindset. And so we were trying to really pray through, like, who would invest in us? They don't know us. We have no real street cred we have small town street cred um but we're not like award-winning new york artists over here so we called one friend who was an estate planner who gave us one name and number he said this guy might be interested he's interested in investing in small businesses 
called him, didn't know him at all. And he said, uh, sure, I'll meet you in the building and hear what your dream is, and I'll bring my wife. And so the next day he came, showed him the building, showed him our dream, and he prayed about it, and he just said, all we want to do is invest in companies that are Christ-filled and that would bring the Lord to the street. And so we just were another door open, and we were just flabbergasted because it was blind faith. He did not know our names. He is basically saying, how much do you need to make a down payment with this? All that to be said and done, our former partner that brought us to this spot, we were starting to think, what does it look like in 20 years or 10 years when we have this building with this partner and we have children and what does that look like? So we started praying about that and started thinking, how do we um, split something so huge with someone else? What does that look like? And our investor was also wondering what his role was. And out of the blue, you guys, I promise you, one night of praying, the next day he randomly calls us and says, I don't know why, but I just need to give you the contract because it was in his name. And um, I just want to let you know that someone was offering me $70,000 to take it away from you guys so that he could build a, a donut shop. <laughs> And I said, no, we were like, this guy doesn't have the same belief structure and faith. He has great morals, but he said, who walks away from that much money cash and then gives us the contract? It, it just is my, it blows my mind. I am my, I have no words. That is why I haven't been (laughs) The tears just keep coming. The tears are coming and I have no words because wow. Yeah. This is like totally God written and that's just wild and it's inspiring. Like I think the cool thing about your story is like maybe not everyone's dream is to open up a store, but what you have so well illustrated is just trusting and you and God gives you dreams on your heart for a right. reason. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ties into like also like how you are as an amazing mom. Um, I think there are a lot of people who are scared to pursue those dreams as a mom because they feel like I can't do both. And this is, this is going to make me a bad mom if I follow this. But I heard someone once say like, if God put it on your heart or your mind, he wants it there. Like he gave you that dream to dream that big dream. And he, because he wants you to pursue it and bringing your family along with you. I mean, you do that so well. We do it. We do it. Okay. There we, um, that's such a good point just to reiterate that a lot of times we think this is a selfish desire if we have a dream, especially if you're new to faith or you just renewed your faith or even if you don't have faith, if, um, like what is it selfish for me to do X, Y, Z? And you're exactly right. Like God knew you and he put it on our hearts and he's going to walk with you to live it out. It's just wild. But it's not to say I heard stories like this a lot. And I was so, three years earlier, I read the Magnolia story of Chip and Joanna Gaines. Have y'all read that book? All we think is that you are Joanna in Boone. The, oh my gosh, that last <laughs> night. That's like, well, it. Yeah, Greg and I talk <laughs> about it all the time. That's how I explain you when I tell people to follow you, Melina. I'm like, Wait, she's the hysterical. Joanna of Boone. No, that's hysterical. That is such an honor. Well, when I read her book, I was streaming tears because it was, yes, it was so yes. inspiring because I hear stories like where things kind of fall in people's laps and in God's timing. And 
um, that definitely didn't happen with us for years. I mean, we've got denied of shows. We've got denied of markets. We got denied of galleries. Like there is a lot that halted us and we could have said, maybe we're not supposed to be an artist or there was months where it was tight and there was months where we were like, maybe it'd be easier if Jacob was an electrician and had consistency. Um, so that we definitely had these hard stories, these hard times before you hear these stories on Instagram, where everything just falls into place with that person, like good for them, you know, and it's, you got to fight that feeling of insecurity or comparison. Uh, yeah, can you speak to more about, yeah, failure? Um, our biggest, something I thought was so hard for me is when um, we were applying for our local farmer's market, and it's not just any farmer's market. It's just one big one in our in our town, and it's really prolific. And we applied, and um, Jacob got in with his art. We were trying to get our ceramics in, which is more my half of the studios, and they didn't get in, and then they didn't get in the next year. And I w- it was this jaw-dropping moment where I was like, why, why are my work, why wasn't my work getting in? Do I need to pursue something else? And we tried, um, on the third year, we got them in and it was kind of, it was kind of a timing thing. Like there were people that had to leave to create space for it, but there was also just, we prayed hard during that time. Um, I remember wanting to have a manager position a couple of years ago and it didn't work out. And I thought this would be the dreamiest mom job if I could be this manager and it didn't work out. And then a, a year later they called and asked if I would fulfill the manager's position because they were leaving. And of course, you know, have y'all ever done something where you really want something um, and you think it's a good idea and God puts the, closes the door and he's like, that's not a good idea for you. And you're persistent. And he's like, okay, I can see if you try it. Well, I tried that position and it was really, really, really hard. It was really difficult on a lot of levels. And I just thought like, man, God, what? It's just like, he was protecting you. He was like yeah. trying to protect you, but sometimes all of us in our stubbornness and I can say to myself, sometimes we have personality types where we're like, I hear you, God, but I'm not fully listening and I'm going to do my own thing. And yeah. if I screw up, who cares? But sometimes you have to do it. And I think even in those moments, you learn like, okay, this wasn't this wasn't the right path. Right. Oh, yeah. And there's not, you know, don't ever regret these learning curves, but it was just such a huge learning curve in learning how to work with people that didn't like you, that had bad opinions of you, you know. Things definitely got real after that position. And, um I'm glad it happened, but it was also one of those kind of failure moments where I was like, I could have spent another year doing something closer to the calling. And instead, I, I drifted, thank you, Mackenzie, I love this term now, drifted into something else because I thought it was the highest and best for that season, and it wasn't. It's wild. Piggybacking off what Mackenzie said, right now, are you guys facing, like, I'm sure that it is a struggle in a way to be a small business right now. How are you guys dealing with that? And is there any, are there any creative things that you guys have been able to come up with during this time to kind of, you know, keep, keep the shop afloat? Um, And, you know, what is that like for your fellow business owners in Boone? It's a good question. So a little, I've had two students want to interview us for their senior capstone about how 
basically how small businesses are tanking right now and how we're dealing with COVID. And it just seems so vulnerable and we don't really know how we're dealing with it. Um, we closed the shop March 15th, uh, like two weeks before the governor asked every non-essential business to do it. And it, it pretty much, we were had a, we had a lot of strong faith in the beginning, a lot of fear. It was before loans were being spoke about. It was before they were going to put shelter in place for a month where we live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been definitely the hardest thing we've ever done. It's been pretty devastating. Um, we had to cut all of our staff. We had five employees. We had to cut our payrolls, cut everyone's payroll. And the hardest part that um, it's good to share the story of how it started because it reminds me that this is the Lord that ordained it. The hardest part is it was coming after the Christmas lull where everything's high in Christmas. Of course, sales are great. End of year is great. And then we've gone through a really big um, decrease from January to March. And right when April hits is when tourists come back is when the town really bursts and blooms economically. And so we've spent all of our acorns all winter just keeping up with our mortgage, just paying off our credit cards, paying our staff. And we've never done this before. Um, We try to do it very responsibly, not having huge credit card overpayments, being really quick to pay um, vendors. And we also try to do it very ethically where our local vendors get 60% and a lot of places do 50-50. So it's like even when this happened, we were thinking – we could barely afford 60-40 splits, but we felt that ethnically and just trying to do something different. Because we told people our business plan, and a lot of people were like, this isn't going to work. Um, the way you guys want to bring it really local and kind of steer away from large importing goods from China, you know, bigger places. We do import very little, but... We just wanted to have a different concept. So when all this hit and the shelter in place came and the loans started coming out, we've been denied of three loans, the PPP loans. And um, there's a lot on the media right now that large companies with huge capitals have received these loans. And it was definitely, we've had spiritual checks. Even last night, Jacob said, the spirit of comparison and envy and resentment We've had to really try to squash this, y'all, because there's we've seen people get these loans that definitely didn't need it. And it's hard to think, God, you, this is you, this is how you're going to protect us. But, you know, the whole world has pretty much crashed and having a lot of, putting a lot of faith in the government. And it just reminds us that it's your kingdom, it's your economy, like if We've, we had talked, like, maybe if this was so bad, we would lose our shop. And we had to backtrack and say, no, we can't speak that into existence. Mm-hmm. We have to proclaim that no matter what, whatever's going to happen is going to be the Lord's best will for us. Mm-hmm. And whatever that looks like, we just have to believe in that. And I think about families that lose their children, and that theology becomes really hard for them. And I've seen some families that, come out even stronger in faith of course not saying that when someone loses their child that's the best that's not what I'm saying no but just that uh, whatever fire we walk through we're going to trust him harder so right now we're in a we feel like we're in a fire right now we've done maybe two days of once a week private appointments 
people have definitely humbled us with the support. However, it, in reality, it is nowhere near what it's needed to keep this sustained for, you know, three, four months, whatever that looks like. But right now we're just calling it the manna. What does God provide for us today mm-hmm. that we don't worry about tomorrow? So today our needs met, is our family met, is our shop met, like are the lights on, do we have food? Mm-hmm. We praise and thank God and we have to put that down and not worry about next month because it's a beast when you start to feed into the worry. Well, I think you do that so beautifully. Um, and I think it's such an example to so many people listening who are going through their own fires, you know, whatever they may be. Um, this is certainly a huge fire. Um, but where, if people want, if people are listening right now and they want to go support y'all online, where could they go and, and check out the goods that you would normally be selling in the shop and make a purchase online? They could go to our website, which is commongoodconc.com. But also, being a mom, it's been really hard to update with all of our products. And so we do, like, the Instagram sales, which has been good, where someone literally direct messages us, that I want to buy this, and I converse with them that way. But right before this all happened, I hired the most amazing photographer to help us with the online shop. And, of course, we couldn't... Um, that was literally right before this happened. She was supposed to come on, do our online shop. And so we've had to take on this role. And that's another wild thing is I'm sure COVID has, it's, it's been horribly hard, but it has also pushed a lot of people to a greater extent of finally doing those things they've always wanted to do. Finally starting an online shop, finally starting a garden, finally starting, even though mamas, I know it's so darn hard right now getting your toes wet with homeschooling or being a stay-at-home mom, finally starting to have more family meals. Like, there's a lot of things that this tragedy has forced us to do. Um, We are finally working on our large renovation foreclosed house project, which is wonderful. Which is so cool. And people can watch that journey on your Instagram, which has been amazing. And watch the journey. Is it on what, what, po- where have you been posting those amazing renovation pictures? The renovations are on um, my personal account, which is called By Lena Love. Mm-hmm. And um, those are just funny, like us staying up till midnight painting and like you drywalled a wall did. pregnant. It and was so funny. Out of town. Like that really just shook me. Like I need to get off my romp and you do something. You two something. have similarities. You and B. You and your late no, night work. She crushes me. No, y'all, y'all have different, y'all have completely different lifestyles that blow me away. And one thing my husband did, I had to go out of town to work on someone else's house. And I thought, dang it, this wall needed to be renovated so we could paint it because my mother was up. So finally, I just started reading about it and I've seen him do it and I saw the tools. <laughs> and that's the thing COVID makes you do these things you never thought you would do. Yeah. We saw yeah, it is true. Like Mackenzie's over here making sourdough bread. I literally <laughs> burned muffins last night because I was multitasking trying to make icing. So then oh I like, make a whole new batch, and I'm like, "Wow, this is really Humbling. making me realize." <laughs> the sourdough game. I'm like, I sourdough. On the le- Tell me the when list. you want to start your starters. I'm ready. I'm starting a program. Would you start a program? I have no clue what a starter is. You're I don't even know. It. 
Where do you get the starter from? Can you make it from flour and water? That's it. That's it, and that's I where mean, it's sunshine, right? You had it by the window. That was for my pictures because I'm trying oh. to make it. <laughs> I thought the sun helps it grow. It probably does. Here I am. Maybe people ruin their <laughs> so, starter. Oh, I know. No, no the, the final photo was so beautiful. It looks like it was from a magazine, That's and nice. I was oh, that bread came from your kitchen, like from it's nothing. Amazing. Just like everything comes from God. That's it's crazy. crazy. Nothing. Ugh, As a baby. And he's gonna provide for you guys. Yeah, like goodness. I literally know this in my heart. Like you guys have come so far that he is not. He is not gonna leave you guys at this point. So you just gotta stay strong and know that so many people support you. So many people messaged me and said, mm-hmm. I can't wait for this episode mm-hmm. to hear all the story because people from our hometown cannot believe that someone in our class has like opened their own shop. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, we're still pretty young. So for that to happen, like that is just God telling you already that you are pursuing your call, which is why we bring people on. Mm-hmm. And not everyone is, has such a like, whole story as what you shared with us like from start to finish of like having those trials but then really pursuing the dream and shutting the door on other things and then god blessing you so you are just a perfect example of you know moms and women and anyone that we can highlight who's really been brave enough to follow their call and to you know unravel that call as we say mm-hmm. thank you so we want to do a giveaway. Um, we're going to post it on social media as well, but we are going to give um, a $100 gift card um, that our podcast is going to give to a follower to your shop. If you would rather it be through social media um, than the storefront, just let us know. But a lot of people are going to jump on this and yes. be excited to peruse your product. So Exciting. I want to get a card it. and they'll get a free canvas bag. Amazing. So guys, stay tuned, be following us, and we will announce how to win that on social media. I love that. And Melina, when's your due date? Uh, August. Can you see? Look oh. at that baby. Oh my gosh, she is growing. She's a girl. She's, growing. She's a girl. <laughs> Woo. August what is it? 28. August 28, okay. Uh, and you picked a name out, right? Yes, we're gonna call her Olivia Rose, but her little nickname will be Olive. So, so cute. Luca, Brave, and Olive. That is the cutest Beautiful. trio I've ever heard in my life. I can't yeah. wait to see this unfold. So cute. So awesome. And it's gonna be all the girl gang tips. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Melina. And we look forward to supporting you and following the shop and your beautiful artwork online. Thanks, girls. Thanks, Love Melina. you guys. Thanks for listening to COVID Combos, a series brought to you by Unraveled Podcast. To stay a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast. Thanks for listening.